The Holy Gospel according to John, the 13th chapter. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Now before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said, Lord, you're going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, You do not know what I am now doing, but later you will understand. Peter said, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, One who is bathed does not need to wash except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you, for he knew who was to betray him. For this reason he said, not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet, had put on his robe, and had returned to the table, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I... Your teacher and Lord have washed your feet. You also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Very truly I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him at once. Little children, I'm with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another, Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. We gather this Thursday evening remembering another Thursday evening, that being that Thursday evening nearly 2,000 years ago, from which still echo the words, do this in remembrance of me. Jesus spoke those words, of course, with bread and wine in his hands, but it would be a shame to forget. It would be a shame not to remember that those were not the only two things he held in his hands that night. There were those other two things as well, those other two things being that towel and that basin. And it was all on that Thursday, this 
this Thursday, which in our case is a Thursday in a week like none of us have ever seen the likes of before, right? I mean, so much happening, so much changing, all so quickly. It can be dizzying, it can be frightening. The same thing, of course, albeit for different reasons, could be said and probably was said and felt by Jesus' disciples on that Thursday in Jerusalem, which we remember tonight. It, I'm thinking surely of them, surely some of them said this to each other, it had been a week like no other week any of them had ever seen before. And not only that, but they were only four days into the week with more coming. They could feel it. The curve had not yet flattened. And it had been dizzying. I mean, my gosh, had it really only been four days ago that the crowd had shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Just four days ago, had they rolled out the red carpet of garments and palm branches to welcome him to the city with a king's welcome. But in the four days since then, everything seemed to be changing, and so fast, and the disciples didn't know, although I imagine they had their moments when they feared where exactly the changes were leading. Jesus, on the other hand, knew full well exactly where it was all leading. It was leading to a cross. And they'd reached the point where it was leading there soon. Soon. But not quite yet. For first, in that upper room this evening, they'd have this time together. It would be, Jesus knew, a calm before the storm. A time sheltered in place to eat and drink and talk and pray and prepare with each other. Of course, sometimes, and you absolutely know this by now if you didn't know it before, sometimes sheltered in place in times of anxiety, it is not our better angels, but our darker whisperers which rise to the surface and to the surface of our relationships. Which maybe is perhaps part of the reason why, as things developed, this evening turned into an opportunity for Jesus' disciples to start getting into another round of one of their favorite arguments with each other. Luke is actually the one who goes into the most detail about it. Luke is actually one who tells us that they were at the table, he says, and they, they didn't understand it yet, but Jesus understood that there was, there was a cross just hours away now, and knowing that, knowing it full well, he took bread, and he took wine, he blessed and broke, he took and blessed, and he spoke the memorable words, this is my body, this is my blood given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And of course, his disciples didn't understand the body and blood talk, and that surely is understandable. But still, who can understand or believe? What happens next, except that it's so ridiculously and humanly typical that of course it's believable? Jesus gives them the bread and wine, the body and blood, as testimony to what he's about to do, 
which will be the greatest and most courageous thing anybody in the history of everything and everybody would ever do. And they, on their own completely different other planet, apparently, somehow choose that exact moment to get into an argument as to which of them is the greatest of his followers. So he's talking about the salvation of the world and what he's going to give for it, and they get into an argument about who's number one and what they're going to get for it. That, if, if Luke and John are talking at all about the same evening, is apparently part of the context in which John tells us that Jesus gets up and he lays aside his outer garments and without a word, he he. he he begins to do what slaves or servants would have done if they had slaves or servants, which they didn't, or what any two of the disciples could have done if they'd been willing to set aside their pride and do some serving. He begins to do what somebody should have done the moment they walked into the room, their sandaled feet hot and dirty after the end of a day of walking on sunbathed and, in many cases, unpaved roads. But no one did. And so instead, while the disciples are arguing about which of them is going to be the fanciest thrones, have the fanciest throne in the kingdom of the Christ, Jesus, the Christ, quietly gets up from the table, lays aside his outer garments and walks to the door of that upper room where stands a basin and towel unused. And he fills the basin and he picks it up and he wraps himself in the towel and then he himself, he kneels down, begins to wash the disciples' feet, wiping them and patting them dry with that towel around his waist. Except for Peter's brief protest that this isn't the kind of work a master should be doing for his followers, a protest which Jesus silences except for that brief protest, a hush falls over the room, as well it should. And when Jesus finishes, he sets the basin down, removes the towel, and puts his own outer garment back on. And then in a silence which has become by now so silent that it roars, he resumes his place among them. Not one of them meets his gaze. He finally is the one who breaks the silence. Do you know what I've done? He says. You call me teacher. You call me Lord. You are right. That is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I've given you an example that you should do as I've done to you. Then he continues, the leaders of the world, he says. The ones who think they're so great. The ones who run around acting like they are God Almighty. Expect to be served. The leaders in my kingdom, on the other hand, he said, the truly great because theirs is the greatness of the kingdom of God. They expect to be servants. 
My children, he says, I give you a new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. Love one another. A new commandment, Jesus said. And what's new about it? Not the command to love. The Bible says that in any number of places elsewhere, Old Testament and new. No, the new part of this commandment, rather, is found in Jesus' words. As I have, as I do, love you. The new part of the commandment, in other words, is to love one another with the very same love which does so deeply love you, which is the love of Jesus. Love which serves. Doing things for others rather than seeking to be served by everybody doing everything for me. Love which has no need to be noticed, but rather delights in noticing and reaching out to those in need. Love which sacrifices, pays a price when needed, for the sake of a good that is a greater good than its own just personal good. And love which forgives, forgives you, forgives your loved ones when their better angels aren't nearby. Forgives those you have trouble loving for the paths we've all sometimes walked. The paths I mean all of us, oh my, have sometimes walked. Even though, oh my goodness, those paths have been nothing like good. Jesus, who alone is perfectly good, loves you. And on this night, bread and wine both foreshadow and remind and promise that he would reach, that he did reach, with his forgiveness and love all the way to you by reaching all the way to a cross. Love one another, he says, as I have loved you. What tonight are those words of his calling you to do? Where tonight, or perhaps to whom tonight, are those words of his calling you to reach? Amen.